This is CliffCentral.com. Please note that the views expressed and the advice provided in this show are for general advice and entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated should be treated as a substitute for your own independent legal advice based on your own specific facts and objectives. Therefore, the presenter and CliffCentral.com accept no liability of any nature whatsoever, either expressed or implied. Law. Like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life. With Gary Hertzberg on CliffCentral.com. I'm Gary Hertzberg and this is The Laws of Life on CliffCentral.com. Alongside me today, Lionel Makokotlela. Welcome, Lions. Dumela Gary and Dumela to our podcasters. And it is Tuesday, the swaggest legal show. It's on. Yeah, we all know that South Africans are struggling to find work mm-hmm. and the unemployment rate is 27,5%, which in reality lines means that about one in four people cannot get work. Mm. At most factories, you see the signs, Awukum Sibenzi. Nikisi. We are not employing. That's yeah, what they say. No jobs. Mm. These unemployment stats are frightening. Now, for the disabled, the picture is even more depressing. There are millions of disabled that cannot find work. And when they are fortunate enough to have got an interview, this is what they are often told afterwards. Don't call us. Through that part, <laughs> so many times. <laughs> Don't, Don't call, call us. us. We'll call you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but when uh, we'll call you? Yeah. A week, two weeks, we will call Bef- you before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So often, the disabled are often offered jobs that are not really designed for them, prompting them to cry out. Take this job and shove it. Yeah. <laughs> now we're going to yeah, the country. You, yeah, you love this country stuff, Lawrence. <laughs> yeah. Today we're joined by two women yes. that understand the difficulties and frustrations faced by the disabled. Joining us is the manager at Leonard Cheshire Disability Center. It's Joy Beloy. And with her head of care at the same disability care center, it's Vicky Manzini. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for making your way here. Where are you guys actually, geographically? Northwald in Rainburg. Okay. Come a little forward right up to the mic. On the law side, once again, we have one of our old favorites. It's uh, Johan Burtis, Labor Law Specialist of Attorneys Baker McKenzie. Yes. Welcome to you, Johan. Thank you very much, guys. I just Always want to tell yeah, our to listeners a little bit about Baker McKenzie. Uh, I'm not getting paid for this, but uh, they, <laughs> have, uh, they recently announced uh, global revenues for the f- financial year in June 2018 of 2.9 billion US dollars. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. No. And their revenues were up 10%. Look. I mean, this is, this is sweat and toil. As a lawyer myself, 
I can understand that we really work hard mm. to generate these fees. You guys made two point nine billion dollars worldwide. Yeah, well, wow. to, to put it into context, you know, that was through the sweat and toil of sixteen thousand lawyers across uh, seventy six offices, you know, in forty seven jurisdictions. So, yeah. um, uh, I would I would love for all of that to be made in Johannesburg, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, as, so as, hard, as hard as we work, you know, we're not there yet. But uh, we, we're very proud to be part of this team. Yeah, Thank you for that. Johan rolled up in his Ferrari. Did you see <laughs> it? <right>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Quite contrary. Oh, you read here. This is how rumors start. <laughs> anyway, yeah. let's uh, let's thank our associate today. It's Legal Talk South Africa with their Facebook membership of over two hundred thousand members. Marvelous. Yes. Our Facebook page lines is the Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg. You always say give it a like, and you can also just send us a message with regard to the topic that you'd like us to really unpack for you. Like today, we are unpacking the whole thing with regard to uh, being physically challenged and seeking for a job. And uh, you can also do so by touching base with us on Twitter at Hetzlaw, H-E-R-T-Z-L-A-W. That's where you can also just send us a message or you can just simply say, give us your opinion with regard to the, t- uh, to the show. Yeah. Joy Beloy and Vicky Manzini, many thanks for joining us. You work with the disabled day and night. Yes. That's, yes. that's what you do. Yes. A lot of them are desperate, desperate for jobs. They and are. Uh, like anyone else, they just want to work but life is a little harder for them. You see this, don't you? Yeah, all mm-hmm. the time. What do you do to try and assist them to get jobs? What's going on out there with the disabled? And you're talking physically disabled, really, in your environment? In our Are, are these our people places. are these people on wheelchair in wheelchairs or how how do they? Many get of our residents, as we call them, mm. are wheelchair bound. Okay, uh, mentally they they fine, aren't they? Yes. They're as good as anyone else. Yes, they yes. are call centers that would die for people like that, if yes. I can use that term. What's going on? How 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 they st- what are they doing to try and get jobs? Okay, well, out of our f- we have forty residents actually, and mm. uh, I would say more than half of them can actually be employed. They mm. can contribute to society. They can do that. But uh, the thing is, uh, there is prejudice out there. The workplace still, uh, the employer and the workplace actually needs to change the way it is looking at people with physical disabilities. Mm. They, the thing is, they try to get jobs, but uh, you you said it right. When when they go for interviews, or sometimes you actually get people who come to their home because of transport issues, because most of them are in, are in wheelchairs. So when they come and they want to talk to the residents and they want to give them jobs, it's actually. Inaccessibility of the workplace That is, I think I would say that is one thing That is on the top list mm. All right. Is it perceived That people, disabled people Are less competent than those Without disability? Do you I think, think so Why, Why would I, that be? I think people focus on the disability mm. Rather than on what the person Is able to do True. The fact that you're in a wheelchair Doesn't mean it affects your mind mm. It doesn't There are many things that you can do they have the same rational thinking processes as all, us, all of us have. The only thing is that they're in a wheelchair. And people tend to focus on looking at the wheelchair, and they tend to almost not see the person mm-hmm. and what the person is able to do because they're so focused on the disability that they're missing the ability of the person. Absolutely. Many blind people and visually impaired people rely on their dogs to get to work. I've seen it, and I knew one. He was a lawyer. He was a personnel cons- a recruitment consultant. He used to recruit candidate lawyers and young lawyers for, for other lawyers. He used to come to work. Uh, w- he used to take the bus with his dog. 
So, I mean, it's, it can be done. It can, can be, be done, done. And yes. it should be done. Mm. We want to find out from Johan Burtis today, and we're going to come back to you, ladies. Mm. Johan, do you get, as an employer, do you get brownie points if you employ the, if I can use that term, if you employ the disabled? What's sure. in it for an employer? So, apart from it just being you know, a good corporate citizen and doing the right thing, mm. in terms of the Employment Equity Act, there's, mm. there's also an imperative that's placed on employers to employ people with disabilities. We often forget in the context of employment equity you know, and, uh, and discrimination within the workplace that people with disabilities have also been the victims of discrimination. Yes. You know, uh, when, when it comes to you know, um, our past conduct you know, under apartheid South Africa, Black people, women, and people with disabilities were the main focuses and targets of uh, discrimination. And that's why the Employment Equity Act recognizes that and say that when it comes to um, uh, in, you know, undoing the un- injustices of the past, you know, the definition, the statutory definition of designated people are exactly black people, women, and people with disabilities. And it's often that we forget about people with disabilities mm. when we're making plans in terms of our Employment Equity Act, in terms of our affirmative action measures within the workplace, and we forget about the other obligations placed on us as employers in terms of the Employment Equity Act. The Employment Equity Act says to us, every employer you know, must eliminate barriers to entry within the workplace, mm. must identify what is co- um, stopping uh, designated uh, uh, employees from getting into the workplace. You know? What is that we are doing to, to make things more difficult and I mean you hear horror stories about you know how it's just so difficult and that's why I'm so interested to, to sit here and, and listen to our two guests uh, about what are those practical difficulties that people with disabilities face and what is it that um, we can advise employers to do to say this is the one or two practical things that you can do differently in order to for us to reach this laudable goal of saying we need to get more people with disabilities into gainful employment mm. Ladies you want to comment on that? Physically, uh, number one, in terms of making uh, the place accessible. Mm. Mm. Where, where we are at the moment, uh, per, some, somebody in a wheelchair will not be able to, to, to come in here. So things like that, there are stairs and think of mm. things like a ramp, for example, mm. where people can actually access buildings mm. with a wheelchair without the assistance of anybody. Because many people use motorized wheelchairs, so it's quite easy for them actually to 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 wheel themselves or to to drive themselves up a up a ramp without anybody's assistance, mm-hmm. and then they can do the work like everybody else mm-hmm. does their work. How do they get to the office? How do people get around? I mean, generally, that that's another thing. Yeah, yeah. when uh, uh, my colleague was talking about accessibility. Uh-huh. Because we are in the fortunate situ- uh, situation that our residents, we have buses that, that actually uh, cut our residents around. Mm. But looking at somebody who's living out there in the community, mm. who doesn't quite have the, the luxury that our residents have, that person, quite frankly, if I'm a taxi driver and somebody's standing on the, on the side of the road, they are more likely to actually pass that person by. And if they do uh, stop for that person, chances are that person has got to pay twice mm, that mm. somebody who's not uh, in a wheelchair would yes. be. Because uh, uh, they're in the business of making money. Certainly. Mm. And, and the space that a, a person in a wheelchair occupies 
is much uh, 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 bigger than the space that somebody is not in a wheelchair. So these are the things that you actually need to look at. Mm. Uh, just also to add to that, I think also when you go to the recreational uh, uh, places like your gyms, uh-huh. some gyms don't necessarily have the facilities to accommodate physically challenged people. Uh-huh. And in some cases, even the access, they don't have that. Uh-huh. And also um, some toilets. Some workplace, they don't necessarily have toilets designed to actually accommodate people who are actually physically challenged or actually use mm. uh, wheelchairs. So those are just some of the things that we've actually noted. Mm. But when it comes to the taxis, and I, I, I seem to be seeing quite a change in the narrative right now with regard to some of the taxis in Pretoria, mm-hmm. where they actually try to accommodate the people who are actually physically challenged mm, and they try to... Yes. Yeah. Johanna, mm-hmm. uh, I'd like to ask you one question. Do the other unions applying any pressure on employers... To employ more disabled people, Gary, I'm hesitant to, to to talk on behalf of all trade unions, but I can say to you just from the client base that we service and the trade unions within that space that we, um, with whom we interact or with whom our clients interact, I have not once heard a client say to me that, "Listen, um, we're being placed under pressure by a trade union who says we should hire more disabled people." Mm. Um, uh, it may be that those issues don't come to our attention and that those discussions are being held perhaps at a, at a lower level, you know, with on the shop floor. But I certainly haven't heard that. When a company is recruiting and there's a disabled person and a non-disabled, a normal person, what uh, what is the selection process criteria? Is there any or can they choose who they like or is, it, is the disabled treated as, as any other person? Yeah, and, and uh, I, I think our, our guests will be able to give us a view from uh, people working with disabilities, what's their perspective. I can give us a view from an employment law perspective. Mm, from and employment law, yeah. Sure, sure thing. So when you when you are looking at your candidates, you know, mm. um, in terms of your employment equity plan, you need to be able to present to the Department of Labor, what am I, as an employer, trying to do over the next year, two years, three years, five years, mm. in order to reflect the demographics of our society within the workplace? And whilst race and gender are obvious demographics that employers are trying to remedy, or I hope they are trying to remedy, and certainly there's pressure mm-hmm. on employers to remedy that, uh, we often forget about disability. Um, my sense when I talk about disability is, you know, that people with disabilities often get shunted into a into a, a call center environment, you know, where uh, if you're in a wheelchair, then the only job that you can do uh-huh. is to operate the switchboard, you know. Yes. Um, so, But to answer your question as to what are the criteria that employers should be considering, from my perspective, um, living up to the philosophy of the Employment Equity Act, you should give preference to candidates who meet the requirements and will uh, be able to further your employment equity plan. So if I'm sitting with an able-bodied employee and uh, a disabled employee or a person living with a disability, and on the face of it, the two of them are equally qualified, the Employment Equity Act gives me that um, that impetus to be able to prefer the candidate with yeah. a disability because that person will then fall within the category of, um, of previously disadvantaged uh, individuals in terms of the act, that the act says that we have to prefer and that you have to put in place practices uh, and plans to prefer in, in the workplace. What about the um, the disability that's not quite visible, like depression? Oh, yeah. I know we're slightly off point, but this is a good one. There are many, many people that are depressed that can hardly get up in the morning. 
how do we deal with that, and how should employers deal with that, Johan, mm-hmm. from a from a labor law perspective? Sure. So, and, and there's some interesting um, reading material coming coming to fore in relation to that. And, and mental health and mental health issues is, is, a, is, is a growing global phenomena. Mm-hmm. You know, and we see it within the context of the workplace, how employers grapple with that. Because um, in, uh, from, from my perspective, um, some of the stigma that used to be attached to, to mental health issues is, is falling away and people are more um, willing to freely speak about mental health issues in the workplace and I think we're much better off for society for that so let me pin my colors to the mast on that issue yeah. but this now places employers in a difficulty where what do you do where you've got an underperforming employee for instance but the employee also have a mental health issue yeah. well my, my perspective from my perspective welcome to the real world you know none of us are compartmentalized in such a manner mm. that you only have one particular issue that you're dealing with here. Mm. So you can have an employee who has a mental health issue and is underperforming, but the same token that you've got a, can have an employee that um, has a mental health issue and is a, is a star performer. Mm. I think the, the, the difficulty is that employers try and pigeonhole people and say, okay, cool, if you have a mental health issue, that will explain why you can't do the work, mm. you know, or that will explain why, you, why you're frequently absent, you know. Mm. Um, so my advice to employers will be try and come to grips, and, and it'll be good to hear from a medical perspective what the, what the experts say, but try and come to grips what the underlying issue is. Don't just have the knee-jerk reaction of trying to, to, to treat the symptom. So if the employee has a mental health issue that causes him or her to be more frequently absent, you know, try and deal with that rather than just to, to put the bandaid over and address the employee through a misconduct process for the absenteeism. Mm. You know, but try and understand what is causing the, the absenteeism. What is causing you not to be able to concentrate so that your work product suffers, you know, rather than just channeling you through a poor performance process and deal with you um, as an underperforming employee. When in reality, there's a bigger, um, uh, a bigger medical issue, the mm. mental health issue that yeah. can be causing all of this. I couldn't agree more with you. I think the the, the big thing also is that attitudes mm. is an, uh, a, a, a problem with people actually, number one, getting employed. Uh, be, because with physical, uh, physically disabled people, you actually have to, over, have to overcome the potential employer's uh, 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 attitude because many a times people are uncomfortable about things that they don't know. Mm. And the first reaction is to try and push it away. Mm. Because you don't really want to be involved because you don't know. And if people could actually just uh, educate themselves uh, through awareness about what can, what is possible, then, then we're actually uh, 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 going in the right direction. Let's talk to you. It's Joy, isn't it? Yes, yeah, Joy. Let's talk about your, your, your care unit. Uh, it's a worldwide, uh, part of a worldwide organization, am I right? Yes. Give us the name and how did it give you a minute to talk about what you do. Okay, we are in Harding Cheshire Home. Uh, under the Leonard Cheshire Disability, that's it, uh, the international name. So here in uh, Gauteng, there are three homes. That is in Harding, and uh, there's one in Soweto, and there's one in Davyton. And then worldwide, they are, in Africa, it's actually 52, and worldwide, there are so many in, in, in different countries. Oh, really? okay. oh. Yes. So what we do at N. Harding particularly, we have 40 residents with physical disabilities. These are adults. How do they get admitted to your unit? Oh, so they have to meet the criteria. They have to be physically disabled. We do not do mental uh, disability. Oh. And they are from 18 years to 50, 54 years old. Okay. So um, one interesting thing is actually that just three out of the 40 residents were born with 
with uh, with a disability. So all the remaining ones actually got a disability at a later age. Oh, really? So you yeah. find that this is actually something that we can reflect on because this can happen to anyone mm-hmm. at any time. So mm-hmm. it could be motor vehicle accidents, it can be a co- uh, degenerative disease. You just driving down the road and something can happen. So when you're going back now to employment, you find that when you are working and suddenly something just happens and then you are you, you can't do the job that you used to be doing So that is something that we actually have to uh, Look at and uh, make sure That we have inclusion So at N. Harding we have um, I've mentioned that is 40 residents And um, Those 40 residents need To be I mean, to have a, to be fulfilled, to be to fulfilled, feel, yes, feel wanted and needed, yes, yes. like all and of us. Yeah. Like uh, my colleague mentioned, Sister Vicky mm. said that you find that a, a lot of them actually have uh, potential. They can still pro- provide. They can actually still do something in the community. They can still they can still work. But then the thing is, because there are so many barriers in the workplace, because there are so many barriers in the society, because you're not looking at the workplace only. We're also looking at the society. Mm. There are societal barriers. We have environmental barriers. So. Those other things or that's where prejudice comes in. We also look at ignorance. People actually do not really know. They look at someone in a wheelchair and they just mm. think, okay, maybe this person cannot think because their brains are still working. Mm. So you find that we need to have a culture. We need to educate people that when people yeah, are absolutely you know, Joy, we, we, we actually run these shows for yes. a very good reason. There we want the public out there to know that there are people that are suffering that that are like us, like yes. them, like anyone they else. Like us, yes. And they really need your help. Yes. And if you're an employer out there and you need someone, mm-hmm. you've got great people. Give us mm-hmm. an idea of what kind of people you have and uh, what skills they have that we could approach you on. Give us an idea. Okay, so the people that we have range from, uh, I'll just give you some, yeah, just, just a case, few. Yeah. just a few. Just we have, a few. Uh, we have a resident called Tom. He used to be a manager and then mm. he was shot. So now he is in a wheelchair because of that. Mm. So he used to be a manager and he has so many skills. He is into IT, he is into photography. He can do a lot of stuff. We have youngsters. We have uh, a lady called Catherine. She's 24 years old and she is looking at, a, she, she, she has a bright future ahead of her. But what she needs is just someone to give her, you know, that a opportunity, chance. a chance. Mm. Yes. Mm. There is David, he is also 23, he was studying psychology, he's in the process of finishing that. But then he's also one youngster that is looking up to saying, okay, fine, if I'm done with my psychology, I have something to offer. But even if I'm still studying, I still can do something. So mm. they can do a whole lot of things. So we have different people that have been working, but now they are in wheelchairs, but they can still do something. We actually also have residents that are not in wheelchairs. And uh, like what he was talking yeah, about, yeah. Is, you know, they are not in wheelchairs and it's very difficult to prove that disability, especially when you go to Sasa, you find that Sasa says, look, you don't look disabled, you are okay. So mm. they actually want, you have to go to different doctors to certify that you have a disability, which mm. is actually a problem. So we have all those residents that want to contribute to society because what happens is we are a care facility and when people, when they are staying there, they do not want to just, you know, to wake up and just, uh, you know, chat and or they want to work, they want to do something productive. Yeah, Johan, how do you feel yes. about all this? Yeah. yeah, what should we do? How can we promote this? How can we get people to help these people? I, I think this is a good start. You know, um, I, I completely agree. I think there's a lot of ignorance um, and, and and bias towards people with disability in the workplace. Mm. Uh, and I think the broader we can communicate the, the message to get people more receptive to yes. the idea of employing people with disabilities, I think that's a good start and uh, we, we, sh- we should have more of that. Um, secondly, I think employers should try and find those opportunities where they can, you know, 
for, for want of a better term, take a chance. I mean, just put yourself out there. Mm. And, um, you know, if, if, if you're not sure whether it's going to work, there are mechanisms within the law that can protect you. You know, if you're not sure as to whether the person with a disability would be able to survive within your workplace and be able to do well, you know, you've got a probation period that you can uh, put yes. the person on a probation period and say, if it doesn't work, you know, then at least I've tried. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm uh, perhaps mm. in that process, even mm. if it doesn't work, you know, mm. you can, you can change mindsets in the workplace. Probation quickly on sure in two minutes. What is probation? probation? How does it work? Yeah. Probation allows an employer to say that um, any to any employee, any employee that yeah. comes into the workplace or comes into a new role, mm. it allows the employer a lower standard against which that employee will be measured mm. when the employer terminates that employee's service for poor work performance. So I'm taking a chance on you. I, in the interview, you look like you can do the job. You said to me you can do the job. Mm. I'm not 100% sure. I'm putting you on probation so that I can test drive you. F- you know, in the workplace. And if you don't deliver on what you said you will during the interview, then I don't have to jump through all the hoops that I would need to to terminate your service for poor performance. Mm. Employers should use mechanisms like that mm. in order to change mindsets, to bring other people in the workplace mm. that they traditionally would not have I done think so. The, I think most employees are, employers are scared to take on people because they can't get rid of them, get rid of them if they're no good. Mm-hmm. So I think this probation is is a very good answer, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Employers forget about forget about the power that the legislature put in their uh, in their in their uh, in their grasp when in granting them a probation period and say there'll be a lower standard against which you'll be measured. You know, you don't need to send the employee on all the courses and give them all the coaching and counselling and mentoring during the probation period. The probation period is there to say. Can you do the job that I thought you'll be able to do then that you sold me that you can do? And if not, you know, then I'm going to try somebody else. Yeah. yeah. For your, um, yeah. Sorry, how long is the probation? Is it three months or is it more? Good question. Yeah. Generally speaking, uh, three months is about the norm, but there's no legislative uh, period. Uh, the, the thinking is I should allow you an opportunity to showcase your skills and I want to be able to test whether you can do the job or not. So if you do the work on a repetitive basis, certainly within three months I should be able to do that. However, if you only do the task once a month or once every quarter, I may need a longer probation period before I can see whether you can do the job or not. We have two selfless people in studio with us today from the... One of our residents also actually works outside of the... He drives his own car, he drives himself to work. Mm. And yeah, although he works uh, three times a week, but he actually does. Uh-huh. One of our other residents is highly capable. We have a resident called Nomsa. She used to be Tabon Becky's personal assistant. Oh, wow. Yes. Mm. So she actually does some work uh, on, a, on a freelance basis for other people. Mm. She's actually, she's living in the home. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she arranges uh, uh, activities. She would make bookings and real work. If you want to meet Tabo and Becky, done. she's your, she's your person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She might get you further. She, uh, she might get you further. By yeah. the way, she's uh, uh, Albert. Uh, uh, granddaughter. Oh, really? Yes. Wonderful. I think so, we should go so and meet So the skills yeah. are there if yeah. people just look past the wheelchair many yes. thanks. and look at the person. Many thanks for this wonderful, wonderful, lovely wow. interview. I really enjoyed this one. Thank you. Um, it's got soul, and uh, let's hope it makes a difference even to that one person who may get a job as a result of this. Certainly. Yeah. 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 Yes. So. Yes. It'll be Thank worthwhile. You. Cool. Thank you. To you, Johan Boertus, once again, what an absolute treat. And Thank uh, you very to much, all Gary. of you, uh, if we don't see you this year, have a wonderful Christmas. Thank, Thank you. you so and to much. you, Lions, cheers to our listeners. Many thanks for listening. Until next Tuesday, we'll see you then. Thank wow. you. Okay. Law, like you've never heard it before. The laws of life.
with Gary Hertzberg on cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.